Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oops, I said it wrong. It's good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You see how old habits are hard to break sometimes? (laughs) Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are God's blessed, highly favored, fearfully and wonderfully made people doing today? I'll tell you how we're doing. We are praying, we are trusting, we are fasting, and we are running this race with endurance, right? Amen in Jesus' name. Well, I want to say welcome to Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. 
This is the month that has been set aside for black people to celebrate their accomplishments and achievements. But let me tell you something. We should be doing that every day. We don't need a month to tell us to celebrate who we are. But we'll take it nonetheless. And the fact that you woke up in the morning, this morning, gives you another opportunity to do something spectacular for God, for yourself, for your family, for your community, for your nation, and for the world. Because believe it or not, one act can cause a ripple effect that can be felt around the world. Nothing is insignificant. Remember, who despises the day of small beginning? None of us should, right? And more importantly for myself, I always want to use this month, particularly because everyone's focusing focusing in on everything black culture, black attitude. And you see, if you could see me here in the studio, you would know I'm doing air quotes because, you know, this is the month that we're going to recognize that that culture exists. So we got to pay some attention to what's going on with them. Specifically for me, I want to speak to black people so that they can understand where they are in the kingdom and what they should be doing for the kingdom. And the most important aspect to remember that when we decided to follow Christ, we should remember problem problems. Lord, the devil, you are a liar this morning. You are not going to get me tongue-tied with what I have to say today because I'm going to get this message out. We should remember Proverbs 9, 10, and 11, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version. The reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the beginning and the preeminent part of wisdom its starting point and its essence. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding and spiritual insight. For by me, wisdom from God, your days will be multiplied and years of life shall be increased. So if we just take those two scriptures and work those this month, and then subsequently going forward, we would be able to get ourselves on track, right? And we show our fear of the Lord by using the gifts that he gave us. When I speak about our gifts and our journey, I'm speaking to all the believers now, right? But it would be disingenuous of me not to speak to my community specifically as it pertains to the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I pray every day that we get it. And when I say that we get it, I mean that we fully understand the nature and character of God so that we can fully walk in the abundance that have that has been promised to all believers. Right. Because Proverbs told us. The fear of the Lord, that's worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome. 
And we want to do this so that he can give us the understanding and insight so that our years can be increased. How many of us are dying prematurely? Or like I used to say, well, not even used to say, I still believe. How do we know that it's a premature death? We as humans put on it as premature, but we don't know what the lifespan was given to an individual when they pass away. We don't know. We don't know the lifespan of our own time here on earth. But in any event, I want us to fully understand the nature and character of God so that we can walk in the abundance that he promised to us and remember that that abundance is always, you know, always comes after the prerequisites that he established for us. And that comes with obedience. My favorite word, trust and obey, right? Trust and believe. Like the example I gave once before, you can't expect a paycheck if you haven't shown up for work, right? You can't expect a raise if you haven't fulfilled the duties of what was required of you. Yeah, you have a job, but don't go looking for anything extra. What have you done extra? What have you done? And like I said, I always have, when I make that statement, I always want to follow it up behind. I'm not saying that your works is what gets you into the kingdom. I'm not saying that your works is what keeps you in the kingdom. No, that's not what I'm saying because we all know salvation isn't obtained by the works that you do. So salvation comes from Christ dying on the cross. But once you become a believer, there are certain things that God's looking for you to do, right? And I pray my people wake up and recognize who Jesus is and what he's done, particularly for the black community. The church has played an important role in our community and continues to be a pivotal point of reference for our existence. And it almost makes me want to question, well, if the church as a whole has played such an important part, then why do we still suffer from lack in in various resources and opportunities that are available to us? And that doesn't just go for the black community. That goes for all believers. Why are we still on the downside of always trying to catch up or look for blessings or pray about God, please give me when everything that he's given us that we need to sustain life is already within us, right? We can all be living our life till its fullest potential because Jesus came here to show us how to do just that, how to be obedient to the word and have an abundance of blessings in the interim. He showed us everything that we needed to live life to the fullest. And when he gave his life for us on the cross, he solidified our connection with the Lord. Because remember, God is looking for us to take territory especially in this season. And taking territory requires us to become disciples of Jesus Christ. So before you can go out and make a disciple of others, you must first learn how to be a disciple yourself. Today, we're going to discuss discipleship. So today's topic is 
What does it mean to be a disciple? And now, a disciple is a person that is seeking to be like Jesus. And Webster's definition of a disciple is a pupil or follower of any teacher or school. A true disciple is not just a student or a learner, but a follower, one who applies what he has learned. Key word there. A true disciple doesn't just sit at the feet of the master, doesn't just read the word, doesn't just pray, doesn't just fast, doesn't just attend church services or church functions, doesn't just play gospel music, but one who applies what he has learned. In this season, we are called to take a hard stance on issues that oppose the word of God. And you know from the beginning, from last year, carrying over into this year, God had been laying that foundation because he wanted us to be able to stand firm with both feet planted on the ground, ready to take territory, standing for truth in all circumstances, not just the issues that affect you personally, and giving up the things of the world, doing it in love, but also doing it in truth, right? Denying your flesh, denying our feelings, denying the world's interpretation of what is right and what is wrong. Matthew 6.33 tells us, my favorite this is my this is my stand this is my foundation scripture and you know I've quoted it many a day from the beginning of my coming on the air but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added to you So if we were to seek the kingdom meaning fervently looking for God and wanting to know what makes him pleased, looking for goodness and using love as an expression towards humanity, loving kindness, justice, and righteousness are what God is all about, right? So if we seek the kingdom, which means we're, seek, we're searching for God, and God has placed in each and every one of us a piece of himself. The kingdom is within us. The kingdom is not a place that we are looking to go to. The kingdom is a position in life that we are living in. The kingdom is heaven being lived here on earth. I know you can recall how I've always said, before anything manifests in the physical realm, meaning here where we live, where our senses are, where we 
see, feel, taste, smell, hear. It takes place in the spiritual realm first. That's why we're always prepared for the spiritual warfare, because we're trying to fight those principalities that we don't see so that we can bring about what God wants to take place here on earth. Meaning walking in love, being obedient, praying, repenting, walking in our purpose, walking in humanity and walking in humility and not being prideful. And to carry out all that God sees for the existence of mankind until Christ returns. Now that's God's most important mission, right? If we were to think about when we ask that age old question, well, why am, why was I born? Why am I here? The reason why you're here and the reason why you were created was for the important mission of to reconcile the world back to God. He's given us grace that he renews every day to accomplish that task. He's given us the grace to represent all that God has for us in the spiritual realm here on earth. And let us not become too comfortable with grace, which I feel the church has become way too comfortable with this grace and mercy. And don't get me wrong. I'm the first one that loves grace and mercy because trust me, I've been in need of grace and mercy many a day in my Christian walk. And even in my walk before I was a Christian, grace and mercy, yes, totally for it. But the church, in my opinion, has become too comfortable with grace and mercy. Most of us believe that it's just a gift, that it's just a normal occurrence. We Like as if we were supposed to have this, not appreciating that it is a gift. And it was a gift that was given to us through Christ. So we shouldn't take it for granted. And we should make sure that we're grateful for his grace and his mercy by seeking his righteousness and wanting to do what he has set us here on earth to do. So how do we seek God first and his righteousness? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And now the amplified version states it like this. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. You see that? That's how we seek 
God and his righteousness. We're his workmanship. We are a work of art. He crafted us, renewed us, made us ready for use for his good works. And he prepared a way, a path that he has set for us to follow, which would then lead us to living a good life because he's already prearranged it for us. So we are his work, right? He's made us new. And when the Holy Spirit came upon the early on the early disciples in the book of Acts, Christ expected the disciples to carry on where he left off, teaching, preaching, healing, and informing the people that this world was not their home. They had a better place that was awaiting them. And we too have been called to do the same. These are the things that we must do until we reach our home, teaching, preaching, healing, informing the people. Just as Christ left, just as he came and then he left, we too are here and we're going to be gone one day as well. So preaching the gospel today, when you think about it, it's no different than preaching the gospel the way they did back in the days of old. They too were preaching to people that were living in adverse conditions. They were living with people that were chasing money and, you know, scheming to get whatever they wanted through their businesses and swindling. They were dealing with corrupt politicians who made promises that they didn't keep. They were dealing with poverty. They were dealing with sickness. They were dealing with disease. They were dealing with depression, anxiety. They were dealing with everything that we are dealing with today. Like what did Solomon say? There is nothing, absolutely nothing new under the sun. It's just packaged differently. The outside, the environment may look different, but there is nothing new. Meaning old, everything that took place back then is taking place today. But listen to this. Check this out. Even with everything that is happening or was happening the same for them back then, they were still able to convert non-believers to Christians. How is that? Remember, they remembered the teachings that they received from Christ while he was here on earth. They were seeking God first in everything that they did. They prayed about everything. They prayed together about everything. They became interested in the issues that pleased God rather than the issues that was taking place at the moment. Because remember, they had walked with the Messiah. They heard his voice. They learned from his examples. And then when they saw him die on the cross, they saw him return to them once again, giving them instructions. And they were willing to die for their causes. So how many of us, if you think about it, how many of us have converted anyone to being a Christian today? Right? And my question 
because I asked this question is because it's rumored to be a fact that the numbers of people turning to Christianity is declining. Or should I say people who want to be identified as Christians is declining, right? Because when you identify yourself as one or the other, when you say you're a Christian, you're actually placing yourself on the side, right? You're no longer straddling the middle of the road, right? So, and there could be a number of reasons why people have decided to walk away from Christianity or walk away from being identified as Christians. But when when they walk away from identifying as being a Christian, does that mean that they no longer believe like a Christian? See, that that's my question too. So as we see, there could be some people who, although they don't exhibit the behavior of a Christian, are they Christians? Right? And I think that the reason why it's so hard to try to understand that is because we've become so comfortable with this world and all that it has to offer that we've fallen further and further away from understanding and knowing the Lord. And that is what God is trying to remind us of us of in this year. Get back to the business of doing the Lord's business, which is spreading the good news that Christ died for your sins. He wants us to act like disciples. He wants us to, what did Webster say? Not only learn, but apply everything that we've learned in our Christian walk, right? Everything that we've learned in our Christian walk, God wants us to apply now in the world. So do you think you're capable of doing that? Do you think you're ready to do that? Because he's looking for us to take over territory. So are you ready to take that stand to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and this is what I believe. Are you ready to confront those difficult situations and speak truth to the matters? Are you ready? And the only way that you can be ready, the only way that you can really know if you're ready is, have you been praying, seeking God? Asking him for the wisdom, asking him for the understanding, following what he's told you to do in circumstances, forsaking yourself, denying your flesh, right? Thinking of others, fasting, once again, denying your flesh, and just wanting to know the character of God just wanting to understand who he is, right? Fervently seeking him, looking for him every day in everything that you do. That's the question. And with that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say Here on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
what Brooklyn sounds like. I'm thinking about the world right now and America. The only country standing is scary, yeah. $85 billion worth of military weapons left to the Taliban. They're trying to bury us. Whoa. 3.0. I'm talking about the futuristic Taliban. Why the president more worried about transgenders than the soldiers that was left in Afghanistan? What's it going to be? The helicopter or the Uzi? Can't believe I'm not up in the movie. Suicide bombers wearing used uniforms like it's Gucci. About to be on your head like a soupy. Sharks on the outside. Joe got his looking like we sushi. It was funny at first, now it's goofy. They want us to convince our kids that they can pick their own gender. Like God made an Uzi. You better pick a side to devil reaction. There's never been a time the room is brand new. I heard the Lord saying there's nothing that they can do. I'm entering this after you better read Hebrew. Fearing none of you or anything you can do. I'm covered in the blood, my vision is brand new. The trumpets are crying out and Satan is dying out, and so is the fall of your favorite celebrities too. Wicked individuals, yeah, I'm coming for you. Are you Joel Steens and you Kenneth Copeland too? TD Snakes, Cruffle, Dollar Fakes, there's a hot, 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 hot judgment coming for you. Oprah Winfrey said there was more than one way to the kingdom of heaven. So did Steve Harvey. Two people that straight away millions of souls. Am I laughing hardly? Taking us to jail without going to prison But we got the victory, it's already written Go read history, it was never hidden Idiocracy with this whole democracy Mask on, mask off, it's all hypocrisy My body, my choice is what they said to me Until it came to me and injected me Celebs told you how to vote, you went ahead and listened Now we got a president who can't even finish a sentence Now you wanna come and tell me what to put in my body? You must think I'm stupid or dumb Okay, it might not be both, but it's gotta be one You either being for real, or you just having fun These actors think their words really gonna move me Somebody tell them quit acting, this is not a movie Them, her, them, they, what's the right pronoun? One person, if I say they, you're more than one now. A whole circus out here, we're putting on the show now. Every day I wake up, I'm like, what's going on now? They want a godless society. They don't want two genders, they want variety. They want to do their will, and that's odd. Because they didn't make themselves, that was God.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
It is now time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. But before we get into Op-Ed, I want to tell you what we played for our musical selections. We started out, as always, with Making Changes by Grace. We then heard from Isaiah Robin, who sang the song Repent. Audrey Assad gave us Open the Eyes of My Heart. And then Eric Nader gave us Heaven is Where You Are. So, when we state that we're a Christian, right? It's going to come with a certain level of scrutiny. And I've said this before to all of you. This Christian walk is not for the faint of heart. Meaning, when you say that you're going to follow God, right? Because we're talking about discipleship today. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about discipleship. And let me remind some of you who might have tuned in late that a disciple is a person that's seeking to be like Jesus. And as we heard from Webster, they defined a disciple as a pupil or follower of any teacher or school. And that a true disciple is one that doesn't just act as a student or a learner, but is a follower, one who applies what they have learned. So that's what we're doing. With us becoming disciples, we're going to apply what we have learned through the word so that we can take the territory that God is looking for us to take this in this season. And in this season, this season could be this month, this year, this week. I don't know what the season is for you. He's called us all to different tasks, like we've always spoken about. Everyone's journey is different, although everyone has a journey to take because we're all one in the body of Christ. We're all one, but we all have different parts to play. So the territory he might be looking for you to take over today He might not have me taking over any territory yet. I might still be in the preparation stage before I get to my destination or my journey to where I'm taking over territory. So we have to be mindful. We have to be prepared, right? As he's been teaching us the whole entire time, we have to stay in the word. That I I can't stress that enough. I really cannot stress that enough. And the reason why I say that is because when I was talking about that Christ was with the disciples back in the book of Acts, you know, the whole time that they they sat at the, at the master's feet, they sat there, they heard everything he had to say. They actually heard his voice. They actually saw him doing miracles. They actually saw him bring the dead back to life. So all those things they witnessed with their eyes firsthand. But although we weren't there with them, it's all written for us in the book. The book is like a blueprint for us to follow. And Christ said greater works would we do than he did because he sent us a helper, a comforter. We have the Holy Spirit within us. 
that does everything with us every day, day in and day out. Like they had the master there with them. When you think about it, we have it almost closer than what they had. Because when he wasn't with them, he wasn't with them. Physically, if, if he wasn't with them, he wasn't, he couldn't be in two places at the same time, right? Because he was here as man in the flesh. So when he was walking around in the flesh, he couldn't be in Samaria and in Judea at the same time. No, but we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells within each and every one of us. So if I'm here in Brooklyn, the Holy Spirit could also be in Texas. Even though the Holy Spirit's here with me in Brooklyn, the Holy Spirit is also in a believer in Texas. The Holy Spirit is also in a believer in Georgia. The Holy Spirit is also in a believer in California. So the Holy Spirit is always everywhere we are as believers. So if we truly follow, if we truly understand the power that we have when it comes to taking over territory, we could do it. Because if we're in so many, if the Holy Spirit is in so many different places at one time, living through us, and if we're hearing the voice of God as he's speaking, then all of our Holy Spirits should be hearing the message that God has given us. Think about it. Look how powerful that is. You, You see, When I tell you about we're disciples and we should be following what God has said to us, and yes, we're being Christ-like, and we only get all that through the word, through reading his word, through praying, fasting, and all those good things, through going to a church, assembling ourselves to hear what God has to say. We're not just doing it as individuals. We're not just doing it in and of ourselves for ourselves, right? We're doing all this because there is a greater cause that we're seeking to fulfill. So when we all work work in our little individual modes, yes, we each have our own little journey, but at the end, everything that we do comes together for his glory. Everything that we do, and we might not even know. And see, this is the beauty of God. And this is just how awesome and how powerful and just how true his words are. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We couldn't possibly imagine something that we would do here in the spot that we're in could have an effect on someone in California. But I told you in the beginning when I started talking, right? Who despises the little beginnings? Who? No one should because every little thing is significant. One little thing causes the ripple. I don't know if you, for those of you who have been following me, you remember I gave the example way back in the beginning when I first started talking on the air that you can take a pebble And I was using this as an example to show you how one thing that you do can affect millions. You take a pebble and you throw it on the surface of a lake and you see how the ripples just spanned out from you tossing that pebble in the water. And you don't know where that last ripple, you can't see it because it's 
far beyond your eyesight. But that last ripple, it's still moving the water from the first from the first tap of that stone that you tossed in there. So just imagine you and your Holy Spirit is in your place of residence where you're at. You're doing what God is leading you to do, but that ripple is going all the way to someone who knows where and that one little thing they needed that you did that set other things in motion for them to complete what they needed to do. And I know when you think about it like that, it could blow your mind. And that's why a lot of people don't think about it like that. And I'll just keep it simple for you. You don't need to think about it in that way because God has all that under control. All you have to think about is what you need to do when you need to do it. And that's the point that I'm trying to really drum into everybody. When you think of it as a huge picture, yes, we become overwhelmed because we're like, how did, how could that even be possible? How? But that's not for us to worry about because that's not what our, our task is. That's not our task. That's God's task. All we have to do is follow what he gave us instructions to do to bring him glory. And once you bring him glory, you've done what you need to do. That's it. He doesn't ask you to do anything else. He doesn't ask you to do more than what he knows he's equipped you to do. He doesn't ask you more than that. He's never going to ask you to do something that he has not already placed within you the capability of carrying out that instruction that he's given you to do. But now here's the flip side of that coin because you know I love a coin, right? You have to have been following everything else that he had you to do so that you can be ready for your next instruction to be on point to where you needed to be to do that next task that you need to do. See, so you still have to play a part. You still have to continue moving. You still have to continue reading. You still have to continue doing the task that he set before you. It's not just, oh, okay, I did that and that's enough. No. As you're doing that, until you get your next instructions, that means that you're supposed to be getting stronger in everything else that he's already given you from the foundation. So if he's given you a task to do and you're doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it, you still keep building up your memory and writing the word on your heart, remembering more scriptures, studying the word, still fasting, still praying, still wearing your armor Because even though you're still doing that one task, waiting for your next assignment, you're still going to encounter battles because the enemy doesn't want you to take over territory. So that's the thing you have to remember. In this taking over territory, in this conquering that God now has us on, you have to be prepared to do what you have to do plus defend what it is that you're doing. And that's where standing on the word, standing in truth comes in, right? Because you remember Nehemiah on the wall, they wanted to bring him down, but he wanted to continue completing that wall. So he was building with one hand, but still paying attention and ready to fight with the other, had his weapon in his other hand. And that's the way you have to be. You have to be on point with what you're doing in your journey, still taking your steps that God has laid before you. Because remember, we just heard 
that he's prepared. He's already prearranged all this that we're doing. So we're just walking in what he's already prearranged us to do. Be on your point, but yet still being so mindful, discerning the spirits around you so that you're able to complete what you have to do, plus also protect yourself. Right? So yes, I know when I say that, it sounds like, that's so much work. How are we going to do that? God has equipped you with everything that you need. And as with everything else, you have muscles like a baby. A baby is born with muscles, but those muscles only become stronger as the baby utilizes his muscles. When a baby first tries to sit up, he can't hold up that wobbly head that he has on that neck because that neck is not strong enough. But as soon as he gets older and he starts to develop, ooh, I can sit up, my back is getting stronger. And that only comes from him trying to do it, him trying to get up. Because you see even babies sometimes, like the new ones now, I don't know, they, they come out wanting to sit up and walk and run and everything else. You'll see them, they'll be in a crib and they trying to flip the, they're trying to flip themselves over already. What do they know about flipping over? Lay down, you're a baby. No, they're trying to turn over because they want to see, they don't want to see what they've been seeing from on their back. They want to turn over and see what's going on on the other side of the room. So as they're exercising their muscles to do certain tasks, they're getting stronger. That's how we should be when it comes to the things of God. We need to exercise our muscles so that we can get stronger. And the way we get stronger is by fasting praying, reading the word, standing on truth, leaving out sin, not opening that door for the enemy to come in to create more chaos because chaos is already around you, but you have the peace of God that's within you. But when you open the door for sin, you open the door for the chaos to enter into your life. So that's one thing we have to be mindful of. And yes, like I said, this Christian walk is not for the fainted heart. If you're truly going to be a disciple, if you're truly, truly dedicating your life to living a life as a Christian, then that's your entire life. That's your entire life. Everything you do is centered around what you have to do for the kingdom, bringing glory to God, even on your job, with your friends, with your family, In your community, everything is centered around bringing glory to God. So that means doing whatever pleases God, doing what God said to do, following his words and instructions, looking at him as being the one in control and not you, not living by your feelings, but walking by faith, not by what you see not by what may aggravate you or pluck your last nerve, not living by that, but living by, you know what? This is what God said I should do. And sometimes we do fall short. Hey, we're human. But we can't keep saying, hey, we're human because we're trying to be, we're striving to be because Christ showed us, even as a human, that is possible. See, so when you want to give that excuse of, hey, we're human, it almost doesn't stand anymore because he came as a human and showed us that it 
could be done. Hmm. So that's one thing you have to keep in mind. And I see that my time is growing short. As soon as we start getting into the nitty gritty of things, my time grows short. But anyway, because it is a new month, it's February. So, you know, that means new word of the month, right? And our our word of the month is going to be fervent. Because fervent, the meaning is having or displaying a passionate intensity. And I want us to have a passionate intensity in our discipleship. As we're walking this walk as being disciples, I want us to display passion about what we're doing. Not getting crazy, but if you say you're going to do something, do it. Let the fruits of you being a Christian show. Right. And we're going to continue this next week. Because there's some other things that I want to give you, some other pointers that has to do with us walking as a disciple in this uh, in this life that we have that God has prepared for us. And I'll promise for this week, we're going to take it back to Matthew 633, because I think this is a good one for us. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you. Meaning, no matter what it is you're looking for in life, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and like I told you, the kingdom of God is within us. It's not another place that we're trying to reach to go to. It's within us. So when we go inside, let the Holy Spirit minister to us after reading the word and we seek God's righteousness, then everything else will come up, will just come to us naturally because he told us that he's already prearranged. He's prearranged everything that he wanted us to have. He's prearranged everything that we should be doing. Right. So when you seek the kingdom and you follow what God has said. Then everything else in your life is just going to flow, not that it's not going to flow without, you know, things going on, not that it's not it may not appear to be chaotic, but it's going to flow. And that's because everything is going to go according to his plan, according to the way he wants it to play out. So that's what I want us to keep in mind this week. As we look upon that promise, as we incorporate it into our lifestyle, let's do everything with passion, with passionate intensity. Let's do everything that we do with passionate intensity. And with that, I say, may God bless you and your family. May his face shine upon you, keep you safe, keep you at peace for the rest of the week. Have a glorious rest of your day. And until God brings us back together again next week, peace.
This year, nigga bear got tall. Everything done set my joy is sure. I go the work like the son of a dog. Every day, my blessings go for you. I know we need to explain my evidence for day. Blessings go for me. I never need to explain my evidence for day. Evidence for day. 